As a sales manager, you are judged by the performance of your team and you're praised when they do well. But one thing that you've not been able to figure out is how to get everyone on your team consistently hitting quota every single month. On the Snack Size Sales Podcast, we discuss the science of selling STEM. Sales leadership in the science, technology, engineering, and manufacturing fields is difficult. You will learn from sales managers just like you that will give you actionable insights and tips on how to develop as a leader and achieve your revenue targets every single month. So pop your headphones in and get ready to listen to my guests today. They will give you information and inspiration to ensure that you have actionable insights that you can put into place today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Science of Selling STEM. Today, I have the great pleasure of having Kristen Skunk with me. Did I say it right? Not skunk, shunk. Sorry, shunk. There we go. Kristen Shunk. Names are important. How are you today, Kristen? I'm doing great, Wesleyan. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So let me tell you guys a little bit more about Kristen. She's the Senior Director of Sales for Hyperfine, where she's supporting the commercialization of the world's first portable MRI. Hyperfine Swoop brings MRI imaging to the patient's bedside. Kristen is a transformative leader whose career spans across startup, mid-size, and large medical device businesses. She specializes in building high-performance teams and developing effective commercial strategy. She's passionately committed to improving patients' lives by offering game-changing, disruptive medical technologies. She likes to say a transformative medical device is the, ooh, this is a big word, How do you say that? Armatrarian. In the hands, basically, it's in the armamentarium of a physician. (laughs) Armamentarium of a few clinicians can change the lives of so many. So I'm going to have to start at the end because that was such a big word. Where, Where did that come from? Tell me about that word. So an armamentarium is really, you know, the tools the devices, all of the things that these physicians have at their disposal in order to help patients. It's kind of what they have in their bag to get their business done and to help those patients. I love it. So your career has spanned across startups all the way to large corporations. Tell us the differences between each one, a startup, a midsize, and a large corporation. Yeah, so, you know, a startup really is It's this really incredible environment where it's a very fast-paced, incredible environment where, you know, you bring a lot of people together in order to create this synergistic kind of, uh, you know, foundation of what we're going to create. How are we going to do it? And it's this incubator of sorts, you know, whenever you're creating a business and the product. The mid-sized company is uh, probably a player in the space that I think personally, you know, for me, it was where I learned a lot, where the stomping grounds kind of, you know, I kind of got my place in the world around medical device. It's where I learned a lot because, you know, there weren't a lot of processes in place. And, you know, in contrast to those larger companies, that they have all the resources, they have all their processes in place, and they tell you how it's done. And so I think, you know, for me in my career, each one has served such an impactful purpose 
and who I am, not only as a representative of medical devices, but as a leader. Mm. So when you think about your leadership throughout the different types of companies, how does it change? Well, I don't know if it changes necessarily. I think that I'm one of those leaders that I'm fairly consistent among all the companies and the difference between the small, the medium, and the large. I feel like leadership is you have to change your style based on what type of environment you're working in. But a lot of those core competencies as a leader that you have I think that those stay in place throughout whatever dynamic environment that you're in. Mm. So you mentioned core competencies. What are some of the core competencies that are important to you in your leadership style? Well, number one, it's really the center of why we do what we're doing. That is the core of what I always lead with. It's not what we're selling. It's not what we're doing every day. It's why we're doing it. And I think that that is the key motivator for me, and it should be within the team that I lead. Why are we doing it? Why are we creating this process? Why are we creating this product? Those types of questions are really the core of what I do every single day. So typically as a leader, it's easy for you to understand or figure out the why, right? Because you have, you're the bridge between the company and the salespeople. But how do you translate that out to the team? Like, how do you help them develop their why? Well, I think that, you know, when you ask people why they're doing what they're doing, everybody's story is different. I've come across people who maybe have had a, a family member that has a particular disability or maybe have had a medical challenge and it's why they're doing what they're doing. Some people feel that, you know, it's incumbent upon them to make a very good living because they have, you know, children and they want to make sure that, you know, those kids are taken care of. So the why is always a little different for people, but I think as a leader, I think what I do is, although your whys are different, there has to be a core why we do in our company as to, you know, why we do it. So for example, you know, here at Hyperfine, where I'm leading a team, why we're doing what we are doing is very clear. MRI imaging is a challenge. It is a challenge to get access to, and not everyone has it. So not even just thinking about the U.S., but thinking about the world over. It's a very small part of the population that actually has the chance to, if they have an ailment, to have their brain imaged. Why we are doing what we are doing and stating that purpose to your team so that everybody is moving in that same direction is important. And for me, as a leader, why we are doing this is because we want to give access to MRI imaging, to everyone, to anyone, anywhere. And that is, you know, stating that purpose and really leading a team around following that purpose and that why is critical. Wow. That, I mean, that to me, that, that's so heavy and that's so deep, right? <laughs> really understanding that what you're doing is impacting lives, not just the lives that you can see, but those lives, those people that you will never meet or encounter. And mm-hmm. uh, I was actually asked the question recently, like, how do you get people over like the negative connotation in sales, right? Like it's sleazy, it's pushy, all of these things. 
And I use exactly what you say. It is what we're doing is we are helping someone solve a problem, right? Whether you're selling a pen and you're helping them to write better because your ink is better or you're selling a medical device and you're helping their quality of life, you're helping them be diagnosed with something, that is what you should think about. That's what sales is all about. It's about helping, it's about serving. It's not about, you're not selling somebody something they don't want. And if you're doing that, you're doing the wrong thing, right? Whatever we're doing is we are doing it to serve and to really help. Exactly, that's exactly. And that's why I actually came to selling medical devices is that I you know, always had a really strong sense of self and I wanted to impact the world in a bigger way. And I knew that I could do that by offering things, widgets, whatever. I could change people. I had done some sales before, you know, in my early years uh, working for my mother's business and realized that you could really sell something to someone and it really impact their lives in a very positive way. And when I had the chance to sell a medical device that inherently changed the trajectory of a patient's care, it really resonated with me. And I do say that as well. I, I tell people, you know, you can sell a pen, you can sell a car, but selling that car is going to help that family. Maybe it helps that family. Maybe it helps that person get from point A to point B, you know, get from home to work every day, but you're, you're supporting their lifestyle. It's not just about how fast it goes or the wheels on it or the biggest engine. It's about you know, really what it means for that person in their life. Mm. So you said you, this, you decided to get into medical sales. What did you do before you dipped your toe into this world? Yeah, so I'm a product of an engineer who was very science motivated and an artist. My mother is an artist and so is my stepfather. So I decided to go the logical route in college and decided to get a business degree. But I had really been exposed through my parents' art that, you know, what the impact of, you know, art can do for people in the world over and really grew up in this very creative environment. And I remember right before I finished college, I drove by this dentist office and there were devices that I knew could be sold to this dentist office. And at the time, medical device wasn't a thing. You know, selling medical devices wasn't a thing. Pharmaceuticals was more mainstream. And I thought to myself, you know, somebody has to sell them all those little devices in their dentist office. And I started researching device, you know, selling products, all of those different things. And I, I came across this ad for, you know, Johnson & Johnson, and they were looking for this medical device sales. And I just started contacting big companies and I contacted Johnson & Johnson. I asked them if I could contact their rep. And when I contacted that rep, that rep actually gave me the opportunity to go into the operating room and be with him and the surgeon. And in that environment, I realized that it is exactly who I was. It was the engineering of the device. It was the selling opportunity. And it was, you know, this really great way that you could impact patients. And I realized very quickly that that's who I was. I was meant to go into medical device and selling that medical device really resonated with me because I could impact a patient's lives. I could serve a surgeon, serve the nurses, serve the clinicians. And 
sell something that really was a true benefit to the hospital. Mm, I love that. This was so, for any of our younger audience that's out there, this was before the days of LinkedIn, (laughs) right? So you can just go on LinkedIn and say, oh, okay, I'm going to find a a medical device rep, or I'm going to find the CEO or VP of sales at a company. You had tenacity, right? You're like, (laughs) I'm going to find this person. Can I talk to them? What do I need to do? And they must have seen something in you because for somebody to say, come to work with me, right? Come see my world. And really that opens your eyes up into what this is. And I think that really when I heard your story and I'm thinking about your background of that creative versus that engineering, it's really what a medical device is, right? It's an engineered Mm -hmm. solution, but you have to be creative in the way that you use it because no two providers, no two doctors are going to use the medical device in the same exact way, right? And it's up to you as a salesperson to think outside the box and get into their world. Exactly. And I also think there's an artistry to what surgeons do and nurses and clinicians. There's a real artistry to it. You know, one anatomy anatomy is not the exact same as the other anatomy. One patient is not the exact to the other patient. And there is a bit of an artistry in that. And I really respect that. I respect what they do. And all I want to do is provide some type of solution, some type of something that can make that artistry better and those patient outcomes better. That's good. I love it. I love it. So it seems like you started in the operating room. And now you've transitioned to a company doing really cutting edge work. What was that transition like through your career? Well, I was really, I guess, lucky. You know, I, I always, people always tell you, you know, you, you know how lucky you are, right? But it, it really, you have to invest in yourself. And whenever I was with a mid-sized company called, at the time it was a mid-sized company, it's a much larger company now called Integra. There were all these devices that, you know, a neurosurgeon used and Integra probably had one of those in their bag. And it really gave me the opportunity to really get some really good experience with all types of devices in neurosurgery and be at the bedside and work with neurosurgeons both in the operating room and the ICU. I did really well at that company and was very proud of what I was able to accomplish. But my mother has a saying. She says, if Kristen isn't challenged, she's not happy. And so I had a really unique opportunity to take a leap of faith and take a lot of risk and go into startup. And that's where I feel that I I got my stride. Being in a really disruptive technology, the next uh, company that I was part of was Visualace. It was a device that inherently offered patients a minimally invasive option. There was nothing in between. There was an open craniotomy and then there was medical management. And Visualize offered patients a minimally invasive option. So we really changed the complete continuum of care for the patient. And that's where I got a taste of what disruptive technology can do for the patient continuum of care. Not only from the device aspect, but from the business aspect in developing a business around that. The processes, the procedures, the, you know, building a team building marketing material, and really the engine that fuels a startup. And sure enough, they did. In fact, they were acquired. Visualize was acquired by Medtronic. I was part of the integration, supporting that integration, and then ultimately ended up the U.S. sales manager of that business unit. But Medtronic was a wonderful company. 
tons of resources. I am so grateful for my time there. But just like my mom says, I needed another challenge. And that's when I came to Hyperfine. Um, being part of you know, another truly disruptive technology that's going to change the patient continuum of care is really remarkable. And now, you know, we're developing an entire organization around a portable MRI, which is very different than the other, you know, widgets or technologies that are out there. And scaling that organization is very important to us right now and getting the word out that to physicians and hospitals that this is available. So you have taken leaps of faith and started teams from scratch and you know now you're in this position with hyperfine so thinking about when you said hey okay pretty much i'm bored um <laughs> it's time for me to try something else what are some of the the challenges that you experience as taking over a learning a new technology building a team what are some of those challenges i think that the core focus of it is is that whenever you're taking on a new technology you have to get to the root of, again, that why, right? What is that need? What is that need? When you're selling something, your customers, you know, what is their need? What exactly is that niche? What drives them to need that device? And I think that once you get a better understanding of that, of where it fits and how the customer is going to use it and the value that it brings, you can really craft an organization around that and develop an organization around that and, you know, build a team with inherent skill sets and relationships and around that why and around that value that the product brings. And I find that that is, you know, the most, you know, successful teams that I've seen is that when you can bring people with true skill sets that are focused around that why and around that product, it becomes an environment that is set for greatness. So when you're building your team, this is something that so many sales managers, sales leaders have this question. Okay, I'm either building a team from scratch or we're in growth mode. And you said you, you get a balance of skill set. How do you figure out how many industry outsiders versus industry insiders versus senior and junior? What is your, do you have a magic formula for that? Or what are you looking for? So what I think you're looking for is a grit, to be honest. I think that grit is so important. It's not necessarily that, you know, I need people with relationships, you know, I don't, you know, relationships are definitely a plus, but it's the person that's going to go out there every single day and not only be gritty to be able to be motivated to get something done, but also I think that, you know, somebody who's willing to challenge the norm and say, you know, I know that you might be doing this, but I have this to offer. And really finding that person that is gritty can challenge people to think differently. And the third thing is authenticity. I think that the authenticity piece is really important to customers. Customers don't want someone to come in and say, this is the best device and, you know, you should buy it now and buy it now and walk away. The authenticity part really creates the connection with the customer. And if you're not authentic about what you're doing and how you're doing it and what you're providing to them, it's not going to go well for anyone. So it's those three things. It's the grit, the challenge, you know, people who are willing to challenge others, not only customers, but themselves and their peers. 
And then thirdly, it's that authenticity that I find really important. I love that. And what I love the most about what you said is you didn't say they must have this experience. They have to have been doing this. They have to have this book of business because so often I think that's what happens when we're so tunnel vision focused on. They have to come from the industry. You know, my favorite work term that I love to say is, you know, your your competitors reject. <laughs> so and when you don't have to think about those competitors rejects and you're like, our technology is good. Our scientists are good. Our engineers are good. We know our product. We can teach it to you. What we need is for you to come in and buck the status quo, right? And I think that when somebody, especially when you're selling to doctors or engineers or any of these really smart people, you have to have that tenacity when they say, leave me alone (laughs) to keep going. You have to have the tenacity when it's hard or, you know, you have to push a little bit harder or think about a different way of getting in. You have to keep going. And that's really what that grip boils down to. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm gritty. I'll admit it. I'm very gritty. I came out of school and, you know, I figured out, okay, I want to do this. And I was gritty. I, I reached out to, you know, companies. I contacted reps that said, no, you know, go find somebody else to talk to. You got to be gritty. You got to be gritty in the beginning of your career and throughout. Like, no, it doesn't mean no. It just means not right now, right? And so you say, okay, I'll put you on the shelf maybe for a month or two months or maybe even three months. I've had people that out of the woodwork six months later, they come back and they say, oh, okay, so yeah, now I'm ready. But again, it's not to be that annoying salesperson, right? And mm-hmm. so as a leader, how do you coach each person to their specific skill set, to what makes them tick? Well, I think culture is important. I think culture is important within an organization. And I think that coachability is important. And not everyone is coachable. But I think that, you know, my, my suggestion to everyone is that you should always be coachable. We're always learning. We're on this planet, not as people who know everything. We learn every single day. And I tell the people that I coach and that I lead and that I mentor that is that you should have a keen curiosity about life, about what you're doing, about you know being a parent, whatever that is, and learn every single day, learn something new every single day. So when I'm coaching others and whenever I'm mentoring others and leading others, I come from that place. And as long as they know that I'm coming from that place and that they should be coming from that place, we're learning every single day, it makes that inherent coachability a little bit easier because all I want is I want them to be, you know, the best that they can be at whatever they're doing. And if they're under the idea that they want to be the best that they can be with, you know, what they're doing every day, and they're leading based on curiosity and willingness to learn, I think that when you come from that foundation and when you work with others who understand that you're approaching it that way, they are in fact more coachable and more willing to learn that we both agree that we don't know everything and that we are going to learn together. You're going to teach me. I'm going to teach you. And we're going to be our best selves. (laughs) You know, as a salesperson, I think sometimes it's hard to admit that I don't know everything, right? Like I need help too. And even as a leader, a lot of times I think that that's one of the challenges that we have. We don't stop and say, I need help too right? So Mm -hmm. I think that really saying, hey, as long as you're coachable, we can work together. And a lot of times I say, what is the key that you're looking for when you're working with people? And I'm like, 
one thing, doesn't matter what your industry is or what you do, the propensity to change. If you have the propensity to change, then you can grow. We can grow together. Exactly. And, you know, it's a hard conversation sometimes when you're selling something. And as a salesperson, your measure is by the revenue, the quota, the target. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to hit those things, which we should. That's our job. Our job is to do a lot of those things. That's part of our job. And I feel like sometimes whenever salespeople are feeling that pressure, they're unwilling to try new things. Let's try new things. Let's try something. Like something isn't working. Let's try something else. And, you know, rather than stay in the same place that we're at. And I think I've always been open and receptive to that. You know, Kristen, if this isn't working, even as a leader, if this isn't working, this is what could work. And I think that if salespeople are open to that, I think that they'll see that they're able to hit those targets, hit those quotas, learn from each other, and really meet those goals and those KPIs. Mm, I love that. So Hyperfine is going through a transition right now. Tell us about what the transition is and um, your role in it. Yeah, so I'm actually building a team. So Hyperfine was FDA approved in 2020. So the first part of our year here in 2021 was really about commercializing the technology. Um, There was a lot of research and development over a number of years that was being developed. And now the decision has been made that we are, in fact, commercializing. So we have been building a team of excellence is what we have. And we are developing processes and procedures in order to meet the market need. We actually announced in July that we are going public as a double SPAC with a technology called Liminal. Um, And these technologies previously existed within a incubator company called Four Catalyzer. And, you know, right now what we're doing is we're scaling. We're scaling. It is so much fun. We are in a really exciting time and we're scaling. So we are developing a team. I am hiring on the West Coast and we're developing a team around offering a portable MRI to hospitals. Um, It's very, very exciting. Wow. So talk about excitement. (laughs) You just got FDA approved. You are going public and you are building a team. I mean, this sounds like a lot of excitement and I know this is what keeps you on your toes. So when you think about all of the, the different balls that you have up in the air, which is the one that excites you the most? Hmm. I have to be really frank. What excites me the most is that Patients that are seemingly difficult to transport from the ICU, if you can kind of imagine that, you know, this patient, we've all known people, heard of people, heard of stories that, you know, this patient is in the ICU and may have, you know, lines and all types of things. And and getting that patient to an MRI is really challenging. And um, it's challenging for the nurses and all involved. And being able to bring a portable MRI to that bedside in the ICU, that really excites me. So it's one thing to have an idea. It's one thing to create a product, but to actually scale that product so that it's accessible to everyone throughout the U.S., worldwide, that's what excites me the most. It's going to be that access to imaging. I will say that I am really looking forward to leading this team because we are building an incredibly motivated team around that idea of the why. 
and the team that we're putting together and our leaders that are leading us, even at the executive level, are all focused on that. So really the team aspect and the synergy that we're going to create is something that I am also excited about. Mm, And that, my friends, is how you bring it all back to your why. Kristen started our conversation talking about why. And when I asked her what excited her the most, she brought it right back to her why, which she has embodied as a company why, and really her passion around developing people and getting people to help her see this why and this vision. I love it. And so usually I ask people, what is the thing that you're most excited about have accomplishing or have done in your life thus far? But you've given us so much golden nuggets. I don't know if there's anything else that you want to share with us. Well, I think outside of my my business, I will say that I'm a mother. And I'm a woman. And when I started in this, in this world of medical device, there weren't a lot of women involved. And so outside of, you know, hyperfine, these dynamic companies, the why of the technologies and things like that, I am most proud of what I've been able to accomplish as a female in the medical device industry and a leader of females as well. I speak at women's leadership events and things of that nature, but also being a mother. My child is going to see, be able to say that his mom was courageous, she was a leader, and she impacted the lives of many. And for that, I am most proud of showing him what that looks like. Mm, That gave me chills, Kristen. Oh my gosh. I'm a mom of boys too. And uh, it is amazing for them to see us walk in our passion and really do the things that we love. Oh man, this has been a jam-packed episode. Thank you so much for sharing your time, talent, expertise, and inspiration with us. If people wanna get in contact with you, wanna chat with you a bit more, what is the one best way for them to do that? The best way for them to connect with me is on LinkedIn. You can just look up Kristen Shunk. My last name is S-H-U-N-K. Connect with me on LinkedIn, message me, Um, follow me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. I have thoroughly enjoyed and you've taught me so much about really focusing on your why. Thank you again. Thank you, Wesleyan. And that was another episode of the Science of Selling STEM. If you enjoyed this episode, click below, leave us a review, drop a comment or a like. And remember, in everything that you do, transform your sales. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.